Hi, everybody. It's Dr. Eric Quorum, founder of AIM7. Welcome back to The Blueprint, where we distill cutting-edge science, leadership, and life skills into simple tactics optimized for your busy lifestyle and goals. Today, we're back with another episode on fasting with Dr. Krista Verity, a professor of nutrition at the University of Illinois, Chicago, and a leading researcher in intermittent fasting. With over 15 years of experience and more than 100 publications on the topic, Dr. Verity is here to shed light on the science behind fasting, its impact on our bodies, and the truth behind the claims that are made about the benefits of fasting. In this episode, we dive into the process of autophagy. It's a subject that's getting a lot of media attention and it's really heating up. Autophagy is a form of cellular housekeeping where misfolded proteins, damaged organelles, and pathogens are degraded and removed from cells. We know this is happening in animals studied in laboratories under fasting conditions, but is this happening in our bodies? In addition to autophagy, we're going to discuss caloric restriction and its impact on hormones and fertility in females and the potential for it to extend our lifespan. This episode is packed, so let's get ready to absorb it all with Dr. Krista Verde. So let's lean in and learn from the best. Krista, there's a lot of discussion about autophagy. What is it? And does it really happen in humans when we fast? Um, Both great questions. So autophagy basically just means self-eating. So what happens during fasting is, well, it, it's been shown, first of all, mainly in like worms and yeast and a couple rodent studies. So it hasn't been shown in humans just yet. But um, we're, we're kind of thinking, we've seen like some markers of autophagy in humans um, happen, uh, like genetic markers. But I think it probably does happen. But I don't know if it's happening with like really short spurts of like, you know, like a 16 hour fast. Like those are the things that we have to like figure out. But yeah, basically what it is, is when your body doesn't have any nutrients coming in and your body doesn't have to release all this insulin to process like blood sugar and all this stuff, your body kind of has a chance to like look inward on itself and clean itself up. So what starts happening is it it kind of finds like misbehaving cell, like cell components that are like, just kind of dying or just old and then it kind of just recycles them or just completely gets rid of them. So it's kind of like a renewal mechanism. And I know that there's like a lot of products out there trying to like boost autophagy with fasting or whatever. But just to tell you, you know, we're still like so far behind. Like we have no idea when autophagy actually kicks in with like how much fasting in humans just because it hasn't actually been truly measured in humans. So we can't answer all these questions about like, how much protein do you need to eat to instigate this? How much car? Like I get these questions all the time and we just don't know. Is it happening? I'm I'm sure it is. We just don't have any like true answers to these questions yet. Um, But yeah, definitely pretty popular question. Yeah. So, I mean, yeast, worms and, you know, rodents. It's disappointing to me when people look at a study in, in an animal model and you can start to say, hey, these mechanisms or these things look like they're occurring, but then immediately jump to humans and say it's happening at this time, at this interval, at this pace. Why do you think people are doing that? Are they just illiterate when it comes to understanding scientific literature? Are they just trying to push stuff out there to push their own agenda? Um, I think it's probably both. Um, Without, like, I'm not trying to sound 
mean or anything, but I think, you know, reading scientific literature takes like a really long time to learn. Like even as a PhD student, I think it took me like two or three years to like really understand. So you have to understand like if it's the proper study design to lead to the proper conclusions and the right stats. And I think people just don't know how to do that, which is understandable. But the most frustrating part for me, honestly, is like the journalists that interview me about this stuff. Also, like I'll be on the phone with them for an hour and then like I'll read. They don't have to show me what comes out. And then I'll just read it the next day. I'll be like, wait, I didn't say any of that. Or it's like, oh, they didn't understand like what I was saying at all. So, you know, all the science communication, too, is pretty poor, I find. So I think there's a lot of issues. Like I think for journalists, I think we need to have them ha- also have like English and science backgrounds or something so we can more pop like properly communicate what's going on. But at the same time, you know, it's a capitalist society. People want to sell things. Like I get companies all the time are asking me, like, you know, they're trying to make these autophagy products. And I'm like, no, like, sorry, I'm not interested. I just don't think we have enough information about this. Um, You know, all the questions I was saying, like, how much protein, like, what should we put in the shake? Like, so we can call it an autophagy shake. And I was like, just, just don't do that. Let's face it, in a world brimming with health advice, gym jargon, and trendy diets, it can be tough to find your true north. You're busy, you're dedicated, you're a go-getter, but finding time-efficient, science-backed health and fitness guidance, well, that can be a real challenge. That's where my newsletter, Adaptation, comes in. Adaptation is your essential, easy-to-digest Friday newsletter. It's your handy guide that helps you sift through the noise to bring you the most valuable health and fitness tips out there, crafted for your mind, body, and recovery. Don't have time for long reads? No problem. Adaptation understands your hustle and delivers you value-packed, bite-sized advice that's actionable. Whether you want to look better, feel better, or perform better, or all three, we've got you covered. It's not just a newsletter, it's a lifestyle change, a commitment to yourself. So check it out. The link is in the show notes. I really appreciate this. I would really do it a lot because... A lot of people get fooled. They'll end up buying products, like you said, that are people are making claims for things that we really can't say are happening right now. The evidence is pointing in the right direction, but let's kind of pump the brakes on that a little bit. You know, it's a really cool discovery in yeast, worms, and rodents. We know that there's other benefits of intermittent fasting and intermittent feeding. It does make sense, you know, if you don't eat for 24 hours, that your body's going to have a chance to you know, your digestive system isn't having to do the same thing it was 16 hours ago and it was eating food, you know, we were eating food. So it makes a whole lot of sense. How does caloric restriction impact hormones and specifically androgens? We've run some studies just recently about um, like intermittent fasting and hormones because there's a lot of there's a lot of people really concerned, particularly about like female hormones and fertility, because again, this ties into exactly what we're saying. There's two studies that came out recently in young rats that were basically the rats were equivalent to like a nine-year-old human, uh, human girl. And it showed that it had like intermittent fasting and these super young rats had like negative effects on all these hormones. And so people were like up in arms saying like intermittent fasting is going to like ruin my fertility and ruin my hormones. But it's just not true. They basically used nine-year-old. Yeah, exactly. Like if you look at it, it's like, no. And then people for some reason, like ignore the literature that's coming out and actually like humans, you know, like premenopausal and postmenopausal women that are showing 
pretty much either no effect. So definitely no detrimental effects. The only thing that we are seeing kind of more consistently, we're running we're running a study in women with polycystic ovarian syndrome. And we are finding in that population, so polycystic ovarian syndrome is when, and it's like 10% of premenopausal women have this. So it's very common. PCOS, right? Yeah, PCOS. And it's basically when their hormones are a little out of whack and they're making too much testosterone. So the kind of ratio to testosterone and estrogen is a little off. And we're showing that in women with PCOS, it might actually help to lower androgens, so testosterone and um, other related androgens, So, which is pretty cool. We're, we're still in the middle of the study, so it's like kind of new. We're like still trying to see what the, the final conclusion will be, but intermittent fasting either has like no effect usually on, on reproductive hormones, but it may actually benefit people with PCOS, but uh, results are still to come. That is really interesting. I know when you're doing long-term caloric restriction, testosterone in males tends to decline, but that's kind of typical when your body's in a caloric restriction for a very long time. So it's not intermittent fasting itself. It's just being calorically restricted. You see this in people that are my background in human performance, you know, working with elite athletes, we would see this, you know, they would go on it for a diet for a long period of time. We're like, okay, it's, it's time to start refeeding now. And then let's go back to a, you know, weight loss period later. But like, how long do you recommend somebody, have you even investigated this, how long it's okay to be in a caloric restricted state before you want to kind of maybe go back to maintenance and then go back down again? I actually don't have an answer to that question, but what you just said reminded me, Grant Tinsley's group actually does a lot of studies in resistance trained men with intermittent fasting to look at like testosterone levels. And I remember he had a study, like a paper that came out a couple of years ago showing that testosterone levels did go down a bit by like five or 10%, I think. That's negligible. Yeah, yeah, it was negligible. And it was over like three months of an eight hour eating window. But at the same time, since these people were doing like a ton of exercise all the time, their like strength didn't go down, muscle tone, you know, like all the anthropometric stuff stayed the same. So I think that's the longest study we have in intermittent fasting. But in all honesty, yeah, there's so many calorie restriction studies out there. I'm like, I don't know. I don't I know like the fasting literature so much better than all the, the CR studies. But I think I, it's probably negligible, but I'd have to look into it. We tapped into this previously, but I just want to go back to it really quick. Does intermittent fasting improve your lifespan? Oh, that's another big one. That's like the autophagy. <laughs> another big question I get. I'm asking these questions for a specific reason. <laughs> Does it make you a better person? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, know, I, know. I can't wait till I start getting those questions. <laughs> Will it make me more money? <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow. <laughs> so right now we only have like a couple studies in rodent models showing that very similar to what we're seeing with the calorie restriction data. Like if you restrict yourself or a rat by like, 20% of energy needs, they'll live 20% longer. If you restrict them by 30%, they'll live 30% longer up until I think a max of 30%. Um, it's kind of like this mirroring effect. None of that's been shown in humans though, just because, you know, it's really hard to do like a lifetime study in humans. Um, that's why they're following that, those CR society people to try to figure that out. There were kind of primate studies that came out in rhesus monkeys where they were trying to figure this out too. There's two like huge ones done, one at the NIH and one at the University of Wisconsin. And they came up with like totally different results. <laughs> like one of them showed 
that 25% CR helped certain group of monkeys live longer just because they were at a certain facility. And then I think it was the NIH facility that showed that it had no effects. So we were kind of hoping that, you know, it would show that it worked in primates, but I think the jury's still out on that too. I really appreciate your the truthfulness of what we're talking about today and like not being sensationalized. If people are interested in following you and learning more about your research, where should they go? I have an Instagram page at Dr. Krista Verity, um, and I post kind of like research and like our new research and then kind of practical tips on how to do fasting on there. Awesome. We will put that in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining us. I really, really appreciate it. You are welcome back anytime to keep speaking the truth. Uh, Thanks. Yeah, it's been really fun. Thanks so much. Thanks again for listening to the Blueprint Podcast. And do one thing for me today. Hit that subscribe button on whichever listening platform you are joining us from. And in this way, you will never miss another episode of the Blueprint. Thanks again for listening. And I'll catch you on the next episode.